Spirit. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But as we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins unto God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. But for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may be life in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his only Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I therefore forgive you your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Behold, children are heritage from the Oh, Lord. 
patience and loving kindness toward us have no end. Grant that by your Holy Spirit we may always think and do those things that are pleasing in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The reading of the Holy Scriptures, the Old Testament reading appointed for the 18th Sunday after Pentecost, is from the book of Genesis, the second chapter. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And so out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. And so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. And therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, 
and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and were not ashamed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading from the letter to the Hebrews, the second chapter. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to his will. Now it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we're speaking. It has been testified somewhere, what is man, that you are mindful of him, or the son of man, that you care for him. You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies, and those who are sanctified, all have one origin. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
we stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. According to St. Mark, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, Pharisees came up, and in order to test Jesus, asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and to send her away. And Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. And therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And so they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. And in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter, and he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Together now we confess our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and Giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a joy to be with you yesterday in the time we spent on the book of Revelation and today in your worship service. I bring you greetings from your seminary at Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, the brisk breeze uh, this morning felt a little bit like Fort Wayne, uh, even here in California. I as I was talking with your pastors this past week, I said it would be wonderful in light of uh, the fact that uh, the Festival of St. Michael and All Angels was last Tuesday, if I could preach on the epistle for St. Michael and All Angels um, today, and it'll continue the theme from yesterday in our conference in Revelation. So I read you my text from Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 12 which was the basis of our hymn that we just sang. And there was a war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels waged war, and they were not strong enough, and there was no longer a place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even to death. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has come down to you having great wrath and knowing that he has only a short time. This is our text. Accusations can be a very damaging and difficult part of our daily life. My teenage children are great at it. You were supposed to walk the dog today. No, I've been walking the dog all last week. It was your turn. Or husbands and wives take that blame game to a new level. You were supposed to pick up the turkey at the deli today. No, you didn't communicate that clearly to me, honey. Indeed, employees love to take credit for business successes. But when there's a problem that comes up in the business, all of a sudden they're blaming somebody else for that problem. Even more dangerous are accusations given by eyewitnesses of a crime that bring testimony that results in the judgment against a person, a judgment that in some cases is death itself. Some accusations are justified. Others, as DNA evidence has proved, are false accusations and often even destroy reputations. Yes, indeed, accusations are a serious matter. Our text from the book of Revelation for this celebration that of St. Michael and all angels that the church observed Tuesday does not only speak of the wonderful work of God's created angels, Michael and all the others, but it also highlights the work of one of God's fallen angels, namely an evil angel called Satan and the devil. It highlights his work as the accuser who accuses sinners before God day and night. Satan is depicted in this text as a prosecuting attorney, bringing evidence against sinners before God. 
He is depicted as accusing them of not being worthy of fellowship with God now or for eternity. The joyous message that this text brings us is that this accuser of all mankind, Satan, is no longer able to come into the heavens and to bring accusation against sinners. This text unveils for us, reveals for us, the victory in heaven that brings hope to us here on earth. Satan's rebellion and removal is one of those mysteries in the scriptures where there's just not a lot written about it. We almost wish, Lord, you had given us a few more details in your word. However, we do know that after the creation and before the fall of Adam and Eve, Satan and several other angels, maybe up to a third of the host of created angels, succumbed to Satan's temptation and rebelled against God. No doubt he used the same kind of temptation with them that he used with Adam and Eve. Don't you want to become like God? I'm offering you that possibility. This text from the Revelation 12, though, does help us understand further certain details about what happened afterwards. The book of Job, as well as this text, make it clear that after Satan's fall, he and evil angels still had access to God's throne room, still could come before God. And indeed, one of their activities, one of Satan's activities, was to bring accusation against sinners. Our text says, the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down who accuses them before God day and night. The scene that this text presents is not a pretty one. Powerful angel, Satan kept reminding God who is holy and just about the sins of mankind day and night. The one who deceived Adam and Eve continued to remind God of the ongoing pattern of sin in Adam's descendants. Uh, there's a vision in Zechariah's prophecy that really puts this vividly before our eyes. It's in chapter 3, and it shows Satan accusing Joshua, the high priest. And I read it to you. And listen to who comes to Joshua's defense. The text reads, Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing on his right to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was, was clothed with filthy garments and standing before the angel. And the angel spoke and said to those who were standing before him, saying, Remove the filthy garments from him. Again, he said to him, See, I have taken your iniquity away from you and will clothe you with festival robes. The picture is clear. Satan reveled in the power to stand before God and accuse a sinner like Joshua the priest. It was the angel of the Lord who comes to the defense of Joshua against Satan turning the filth of his sin, pardoning it, and clothing him in festival robes. The good news that's trumpeted from our text in the book of Revelation is that this accusation activity of Satan against sinners has ceased due to a war in heaven. 
that brought an end to Satan being able to ever come before God again. Listen again to the text. There was a war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war again with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels um, waged war, and they were not strong enough, and there was no longer found a place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. What good news. Satan can no longer come into the presence of God and accuse people of sin. Michael, one of God's archangels, and his fellow good angels did battle with Satan and his angels and he, they threw Satan and the evil angels to the earth. Now it appears from first glance that the source of this victory is the power of Michael and the other angels, almost as if Satan and his angels were not as strong. The source of this victory, however, is neither solely nor primarily Michael and his own power or the power of the good angels. Our text tells us a little bit later about Christians being able to overcome Satan also. And it points to the victory, their source of victory, indeed the source of victory for Michael and his angels. It says, and they overcame him, namely Satan, because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even to death. If Christians overcome Satan by the power of the blood of the Lamb, that's also the source of power that Michael and the good angels used against Satan and the fallen angels. The song of praise in our text puts credit where credit is due. The blood of the Lamb is the source of victory. This is an obvious reference to Jesus Christ as the unblemished, perfect sacrifice whose blood pays for the sins of all sinners. The basis for Satan's removal as the accuser before God is the sacrifice of Christ for sin. Satan can no longer accuse sinners because Christ paid the price of all sin and has taken his place. Christ has taken the place before the Father as the advocate of all sinners interceding for us. John, the apostle, writes of this wonderful work in his first epistle, and he uses that very language of advocate. He says, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The Apostle Paul also tells of Christ's defense for us. The prosecuting attorney, Satan's out of the room. Christ, our defending attorney, pleads for us. Paul writes, Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is also interceding for us. The source of this victory, then, is the blood of the Lamb. The key battle in the war against Satan was not one angel, Michael, fighting against another angel, Satan. It was the Lord Jesus 
confronting Satan and all the forces of evil, yet remaining obedient to the Father in all things, even unto death, death on a cross. Michael and his angels are not some kind of independent militia. They are the army of the Lamb of God that brings his victory to Satan and to the fallen angels by casting Satan, by the power of the blood of the Lamb, out of heaven forever. Christianity is not some kind of dualistic religion that speaks of the forces of good going against the forces of evil as if they were a battle of equals. It is a faith that confesses that the Lord of creation has reestablished his rule over rebellious creation, including fallen sinners and fallen angels. This victory in heaven brings us hope every day here on earth. For our text states, for this reason rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and to the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. Now that latter part of our text doesn't seem all that encouraging. The devil, present on earth, that doesn't seem very encouraging. And yet we remember that in spite of his wrath, we who dwell on earth do not need to fear Satan. He cannot bring accusation against us before God any longer because of the blood of the Lamb. Indeed, as Luther says in his great hymn, A Mighty Fortress, one little word can fell him, namely, Jesus. What Jesus has done as the Lamb of God shedding his blood for us. Yes, when your sins are drowned in the waters of holy baptism, or forgiven in the absolution as they were again today, or pardoned through the eating of Christ's very body and blood, the body and blood of the Lamb of God, you, you stand forgiven before God in heaven. Christ is your advocate. Satan can never bring accusations against you. We see this so wonderfully in our text. Moreover, we are reminded that the same angels who cast Satan out of heaven are the angels who daily watch over us as God's dear children. They watch over us, they protect us, and they do not meet Satan as equals, but they meet Satan as superior in the Lord Jesus, their creator. Lest anyone think that we do not have hope in the midst of evil, we read about Satan and the evil angel's destiny in the end of the book of Revelation. It says, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown, and they will be tormented day and night forever. That's our sure and certain hope about the future. We thank God for this victory in heaven, won by Christ on the cross, carried out against Satan by Michael and all of the good angels. This victory fills our earthly struggles with hope as we press toward this heavenly goal day after day, generation after generation, surrounded and protected by God's good angels, Michael and all the others. We join their voices as we did this morning in our hymn of praise. 
You are worthy, O Christ, because you were slain. With your blood you purchased people from God, for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth forever and ever. Amen. The peace of God which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.
the full people of God in Christ Jesus, and for all people according to their needs, we pray. That our Father in heaven would graciously sustain all that he has created, we pray. Heavenly Father, creator of everything, worthy of the praise of all creation, hear now the prayers of your people because of the holy sacrifice of your only begotten Son. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. That God would grant his church faithful pastors who are prepared by faithful seminaries to be faithful stewards of his grace, we pray. O Lord God, continue to work through the seminaries of your church to provide her with confessing pastors who compassionately preach and teach your word and administer your sacraments, that your people may celebrate their heritage and the faith and words and songs of praise which have been confessed and sung by your church throughout the ages. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. That our Lord would bless the nations of the world and preserve in our land the love of liberty and good government, we pray. Grant, O Lord, wisdom and civil integrity to the leaders of the nations, that your will may be accomplished throughout the world. Bless especially, we pray, our nation's president and Congress and the judiciary, and all who work diligently to enforce our laws and to keep the peace and to protect us and our property, that we may exercise our civil rights in accordance with your will as revealed in your word. Lord, in your mercy, hear our our prayer. That God would look compassionately upon all who suffer from natural disasters, we pray. Hear, O Lord, and through the nations of the world and all institutions of compassion and mercy, work to bring help to the victims of earthquakes and tsunamis and famine and flood, that they may recover from these disasters and rebuild their homes and communities and lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear hear our prayer that he who instituted marriage for the blessing of mankind would protect and preserve it among us, we pray. Almighty God, who blessed the first union of man to woman, bless marriage among us, we pray. Preserve it in our land as men and women commit themselves to each other as husband and wife. Where our sins against one another threaten to tear asunder what you have joined together, forgive us and enable us in Christ to forgive and to love each other. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. That our Creator, who has blessed husbands and wives with the procreative power to be fathers and mothers, would bless children through their parents, we pray. Grant, O Holy Father, to all who are fathers and mothers the love, the faith, and the energy required to be good and faithful parents. Through careful instruction and loving nurture in the home, create in our children the desire to love and honor all whom have been placed over them. Protect all of our children from danger and harm. Preserve their baptismal faith through your word, that they may grow in in your grace to confess you faithfully to a new generation. Lord, in your mercy, hear hear our prayer. That the Lord of the living would grant healing to the ill, especially to our brothers in Christ, Dick Much and Paul Duell, August Sinzik and Ralph Chambers, our sisters in Christ, Ruth Allfeld, Michelle Sinzik, and Marilyn Brewer, who recovers from surgery, as well as Phyllis Thompson, who prepares for surgery this Tuesday, we pray. Abide, O Lord, with all who are threatened by sickness or must live with chronic disease. Work through medicine and medical procedures and those who apply them to accomplish your will in the lives of your people. Especially do we pray for your servant Phyllis, that you would work your good through her surgery this Tuesday for all recovering from surgery and undergoing therapy of any kind, grant patience and confidence, 
that because of Christ, the future of your people is never in question. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. prayer. That all who commune at this altar today may receive the body and blood of God's Son to their good, we pray. This, O Lord, is your holy table, to which you invite all who confess with one voice the doctrine of your holy apostles. Here may we all be forgiven and here strengthened by the very body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ that we may be preserved in body and soul unto life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And that guarded by God's angels who protect our homes and keep us safe during our travel, we pray. Go before us, O God, to guide us, be beside us to comfort us, behind us to protect us, and above us to bless us through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. truly good right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross, and risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. And therefore with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. O Hosanna, O Hosanna, O Hosanna in the heart. Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you've had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and to be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and to drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the holy supper of your son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming we may together with all your saints celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Receive the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace.